Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. We believe that this message is going to bless your life, encourage you, and strengthen your walk with Jesus. Grab a notebook, a pen, and let's jump right in. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? All right, everybody kind of nudge your neighbor, make sure they're awake this morning, because man, I'll tell you what, I'm excited about this morning. I want to encourage you to get plugged in, enter into this message this morning with an open heart to say, God, what do you have? God, what does this look like? Lord, how does this message impact me as an individual? Because how many of you know we all have something we can learn? Come on, anybody, has anybody in the house learned everything they could possibly ever learn? Ben. Well, you've just learned something. You have more to learn. So there we go. Hey, guys, I want to welcome you this morning. My name is Pastor Chris. Uh, my wife and I have the honor and the privilege of just being a part of what God is doing here at Encounter Church, and we welcome you today. I also want to take a moment and welcome our Warrensburg campus. They are live streaming with us today. So if you could, real quick, give a big round of applause to our Warrensburg campus. Yeah. We are excited to have them online with us this morning. Guys, I encourage you, those of you in Warrensburg, be plugged in. I know I'm on a screen. I know I'm smaller than I am right here in person. But man, plug in and get engaged. Be a part of what God is doing in this message. For those of you that are watching online, on social media, I encourage you, pause for a moment. Just sit back for the next 30 to 35 minutes and let God challenge your heart today. Because I believe that God has a word, a special word for you as well as every one of us here today. Amen. Amen. Well, today we are going to jump into this message. We are in week three of a five-week series that we're simply calling Money matters. Now, I've shared this with you every week, and quite honestly, I'm going to share it every week throughout this series, but there's a very important reason why we're talking about money, because right now, some of you, you're here for the first time this morning, you're hearing this message, and you're like, oh, here we go, the church is talking about money again, it's all the church ever wants. No, truth be told, that's not what we do here at Encounter Church. Man, you can ask anybody that's a regular part of this church. We believe in being a giver to God. I don't talk regularly about finances. In fact, the last time I did a sermon series on finances was like 2015 or 2017, somewhere in that time frame. So it's been a little bit of time. And I realized something. 11 out of the 39 parables that Jesus talked about, the stories that he shared he referenced finances in some form or fashion. Now, I understand that not all of them were directly related to money, but he referenced money in them. Why did he do this? Because he understood that you and I would have an issue with finances. He understood that there'd be marriages represented in this room today, that the biggest fights that you have are over finances. He understood that many, many people, many relationships would break apart because of a struggle with finances. We have an issue, whether we want to admit it or not. We struggle with this idea of being financially sound. How do we do that while also having all the shiny stuff? Come on, anybody else guilty of that? 
Yeah, yeah, we are. Every one of us in the room, to some degree, we're guilty of that. We love that new shiny object, whatever it happens to be. So if Jesus references it so often, then how much more do we need to spend time digesting what does his word have to say about finances, and how does that apply to my life in the year 2022? Yes? So I'm going to encourage you, Sit back today and really let God soak into your heart. If you're here for the first time and you didn't hear the previous two messages, I'm going to encourage you to go back and grab a hold of the, the podcast or go on social media and watch them again. Week one, well, we talked about the fact that God's the owner of everything. That really, all your money and your bank account, your house, your job, everything you have in your possession, really it's not yours. It belongs to God. He is simply entrusting it to you for a season, a time while you're here on earth. So he's the owner. We're just the manager. And then last week we talked about the woman with the, the two coins. Do you remember that? And how Jesus was sitting in the corner and he was kind of people watching, which we all, if we're honest, love to do. Come on. We love to watch people because people are weird. Again, I said it last week, not us, but people. Walmart, weird. So we love the people watching. I imagine in that moment, Jesus was people watching a little bit, and he had watched all the rich folk bring the funds in, and he watched this, this little lady, this widow, to come in, and, and she gave two small coins that, truth be told, couldn't buy much more than three grapes. But Jesus said what she gave was so much more. See, what, what she gave was a legacy that makes an impact Upon the next generation. What she gave was a legacy that was bigger than self. So today, where are we headed? Today I want to I celebrate just for a moment of where we've been. And then I want to dream a little bit of where we're going. Now those of you that are regular part of Encounter, you've been a part for maybe two, three, four, five years. You'll say, well, pastor, don't we normally dream the dream the first part of the year? Absolutely we do. But I really felt, and I felt impressed that in this series, as we're talking about finances, that we had to have an understanding of where we are headed as a church. How many of you know the church has to have a dream? Come on. I know a lot of churches, there's not a whole lot of dream there. And, and because there's a lack of a dream, the impact in the community, the impact in the church, what they're able to accomplish isn't really growing because they're just existing. Right? I never want to be guilty of just existing, but I want to move forward for the cause of Christ. Jesus himself said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to get out there and tell everyone everywhere what I have done. I want you to radically change the world around you. I want you to impact the hearts and the lives of the broken, of those that are so far away from me. I want you to bring them into the fold, to disciple them, to to raise them up, to show them that there's a better way, to show them that there's hope. Church, that's why we do what we do. That's why we're here today. We're not here today because it's Sunday morning and traditionally that's what we do as a people. No, no. We're not here today because grandma and grandpa or mom and dad said we had to one day and now it's just kind of a habit. I just do it. No, that, that's, that's not why we're here. We're here because this is our opportunity 
This is our moment. This is the time that we have to, to let God begin to pour into our life to prepare us for what he wants to do outside of these walls. Come on. See, this is the prep ground for the mission field outside. This is the, the prep ground. My responsibility as your pastor is not to do all the work. No. My responsibility is to equip you, to empower you, to give you opportunity to step out for the cause of Christ. I was so excited. Last Sunday afternoon, I get a text from one of y'all. And, and this person said, man, we were here in this lifeline and we were, you know, we were talking about how life matters. And, and suddenly this guy came up and he had some questions and said he was running from God and kind of backslidden state. And we had an opportunity to pray for him. And I said, I am so proud of you. He said, Pastor, this is what you've been preparing us for. I'm like, man, the DNA to love, reach, and empower. That's what we do. That's the great commission to, to go into all the world. Why? Because we love them. To tell everyone to, to reach them. And to raise up disciples, that's empowering them to be who God has called them to be. Now, let me jump right into this this morning. Um, Paul is talking to the church in Corinth, and, and in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, this is what he says. By the way, I sense a little of excitement in Paul's tone as he writes this. He says, since you excel in so many ways, I can hear him almost saying, come on, right? Since you excel in so many ways, in your faith, your gifted speakers, in your knowledge, in your enthusiasm, your love for us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. Come on, he says, you have so much going on. You're enthusiastic, you're, you're passionate, you've got gifted people doing this, and you've got gifted people doing that. All these things are taking place, but this is where I need you to excel. This is where I want you to excel. This is where I want you to knock it out of the park. I want you to excel in the gracious act of giving. What's the word grace mean? Undeserved favor, right? Unmerited favor, it's something you don't deserve. So, so we're giving not because we have to. We're giving out of love and compassion to make an impact for the kingdom of God. Paul here, he's recognizing that they had excitements. He's recognizing that they had enthusiasm in the beginning, but his desire is to see that enthusiasm matched with a giving that is truly an act of of grace. In fact, he goes on just a couple verses later in verse 10 to say this. Here's my advice. It would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Come on. Anybody in the room have a problem sometimes finishing what you started? Every husband in the room should have their hand raised right now. Because your wife has already told you six times this weekend, the trash needs taken out. <laughs> Come on. He says, here's my advice. I would, it would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. 
Last year, you were the first who wanted to give, and you were the first to begin doing it. So what happened? They got comfortable. They found themselves just kind of going through the motions. Oh, they were still excited. But they stepped away from the gracious act of giving. I would say the same to you. As I talk to many of you, there's an excitement in the air here at Encounter Church. There's an excitement not only here at the Sedalia campus, but there's an excitement in the Warrensburg campus. We're seeing new people walk through the doors each and every week. We're seeing hearts and lives radically changed. Families are being brought back together. Lives are being healed. God is doing some incredible things. There's an excitement in the air. But here's the question. What role are you going to play in this sacrifice of grace that God has laid before us? What role would God have you to play? I'm going I'm to encourage you as we go through this Money Matters series to spend a lot of time in prayer. God, what does this look like? God, what is, what is my part's Look like? What role are you going to play? Now, our text says that Paul was celebrating the fact that God was doing amazing things in the church in Corinth. And again, I would say the same about Encounter Church. We have seen incredible things occur in the house of God and through this body of believers. And I believe that it's vitally important that we celebrate the good things of God. Would you agree with that? It's important that we celebrate the good. Why? Because if we don't celebrate the good, we're going to be overrun by the bad. Right? In your personal life, if you don't celebrate the good moments, man, you're going to get discouraged by the disgruntled things. You're going to get disgruntled or you're going to get upset about the things that aren't working right. You're going to get upset about the times when the bottom falls out. But God says, take a moment and celebrate the good. So I want to do that. I want to look at the year 21 and 22, because we're not all the way through 22 yet. I want to celebrate some things that God has done in and through this body of believers. Our Warrensburg campus, which is just a year and a half old, man, you guys are knocking it out of the park. In the year 2022, we've averaged 81 people on a Sunday morning in Warrensburg. Isn't that awesome? Incredible, absolutely incredible. Here in Sedalia, we're averaging 309 people on a weekend. So between the two campuses, almost 400 people every single weekend. Let me put that in perspective. In 2012, we were running 65. Come on. Now, why am I talking about numbers? Why are numbers important? Well, there's an entire book of the Bible called Numbers. So apparently, we're supposed to keep track. Now, the reason we talk about numbers, the reason we talk about attendance is because numbers equate souls. Souls equate opportunities to share the good news of Christ and see a world changed. We're seeing God do amazing things. In 21, 2021, 180 people gave their life to Christ through the work and the mission of Encounter Church. That's amazing. That's amazing. 
19 people were baptized in water. Man, I want to see that number increase. But in fact, this year, in 2022, already 18 people. So we're going to surpass last year's baptisms this year. Serve team members, 136 of you between the two campuses. Give of your time to be a part of one of our serve teams. Maybe that's greeting at the door. Maybe that's changing diapers and rocking babies in the nursery or, or teaching our kids upstairs. Perhaps that's working with our youth or on our worship team or our, our tech team or an usher or the list goes on and on. Or you're knocking out of the park like Travis just waving the sign with Sadie May. And I think Randy's been jumping in there helping Travis. So we have Randy Travis out there uh, waving a sign. Only at Encounter Church, folks. Only at Encounter Church. But we have so many of you, 136 plus of you every single weekend that are giving of your time. Why? Because you sense the opportunity. You sense the urgency. You grab a hold of the passion of sharing the good news of Christ. We as a church have an opportunity to partner with 71 missionaries or missions project. Why is that important? Because missions is the heart of God. To share the good news with everyone, everywhere. Yeah, we have missionaries here in the state of Missouri. We have missionaries in the United States. But we also have missionaries all around the world. And on a monthly basis, because of your legacy giving, because you are faithfully giving to God every single month, we have an opportunity to partner with them. So every time a person in Zimbabwe gives their life to Jesus Christ, that's a win for Encounter Church. Why? Because we're part of that. Every time a, a college student at, at Mizzou or at um, Springfield, used to be SMS, whatever they call it now, these young people changing names of everything. What is it? Missouri State. Missouri State. See, I don't even know. It's SMS. How many of you believe Springfield is still SMS? Come on, come on, come on. Back up your pastor today. Missouri State, man. They're knocking it out of the park. Every time that they have a young person, a college student that gives their heart and life to Jesus Christ, that's a win for Encounter Church because we partner with them on a monthly basis. We have an opportunity, church, to make an impact that's so much greater than ourselves, to leave a legacy for the next generation. We partner with a ministry in Springfield called Convoy of Hope. Many of you are aware of who they are, but Convoy typically goes in if there's a tsunami, a tornado, a hurricane, a, a natural disaster of some sort. They go in, the first one, boots on the ground. They're providing resources to help rebuild that area. Well, we get to partner with Convoy of Hope on a quarterly basis, and we have a semi-truck. A family in our church drives to Springfield, picks up about 30 to 35 pallets of supplies, paper products, um, food supplies, miscellaneous items, snack cakes, Gatorade, bottled water, the list goes on and on. And we unload this in a warehouse, and we have the opportunity to distribute this into up to 17 different communities right now. Isn't that incredible? Absolutely incredible. And many of you come out and you help us sort that product. Man, it's amazing watching all these little worker ants. In about an hour and a half, we have unloaded, sorted, and gotten ready for distribution 30 to 35 pallets. It's absolutely amazing. 
Family Fest last year, Pastor Luke alluded to it. Man, we had a, a record high last year. People were lined up all the way down the street and all the way down this way. We opened the lower field for parking. So many people coming in and gave us an opportunity just to share the love of Jesus Christ. And that's coming up again in just a few weeks. We had our first ever Next Gen Kids Conference. In fact, yesterday we had our first ever Next Gen Youth conference right here, investing in student leaders around the area. We're going to continue that endeavor. We had a You Are Loved Women's Outreach at the Warrensburg campus. Come on, Warrensburg. You guys knocked it out of the park at that outreach. Every year we partner with foster care, and this past year we were able to give Christmas presents to 30 foster kids in our area. Now, these are kids that are kind of out of the normal scope of foster care where they receive the gift. They're not the younger kids. They're the mid-older age. Normally, they're forgotten about, but we have an opportunity to invest in them and to show them somebody loves you. His name is Jesus. So we had that opportunity last year, and we can continue to do that. We have ladies night out at Heritage Ranch. I don't know how many of you ladies go to that event, but man, it used to be called the gala. We've kind of changed that a little bit. Ladies night out. What a cool event that is. Kids camp this year. 19 kids went to kids camp. Youth camp, 19 youth went to youth camp. Between the two camps, we had 19. It seems like 19 is like the number for camp. 19 workers went and worked both camps. What an incredible time. And then Wednesday nights, man. If you haven't been here for a Wednesday night worship in the round time, you need to show up because God's showing up. And when God shows up, things begin to happen. We're seeing God just radically move in this place on a Wednesday night as our worship team is brought to the floor. The chairs are removed. We have chairs circled around the worship team and we just spend time in intimate worship in the presence of God. Of God. I encourage you, come out and be a part. You can find all this information. There's a, a page on your seats. Every other seat had one this morning that says multiply 21 and 22. Why multiply? That's our word for the year. We believe God's called us to multiply, to make an impact, to make an impression on our community, to imp- uh, multiply our relationship with him, to multiply our relationship with one another, and yes, to multiply our generosity. I'm encouraged you to take a look at this. All the things I just talked about are on this page, but in just a few moments, we're going to look at the backside. You see, we could go on and on with the good things that God is doing here at Encounter Church, but Paul didn't stop with just the celebration. He went on with some instruction. He says, my advice to you is this. I want you to excel also in the gracious act of giving. So for the next few moments, I want us to dream a dream. How do you know it's important to dream a dream? The Bible says where there's no vision, the people perish. One translation said we just fumble all over ourselves. We stumble around. We don't know where we're heading. We've got a dream, a dream. And I want to dream out loud with you for the next few moments. I want you to see what has been stirring around in our little brains as a leadership team, as the staff, as the board of Encounter Church. Where have we been thinking and where have we been believing that God is going to take us as a church? Now, this is not a five-year plan. Oh, we have bigger plans, 
But how you know, sometimes we're not ready for the bigger plans. I remember when I first got in ministry, because I'm a planner, I wanted to know, God, what do you have in store? What's this look like? God had just called me into ministry, and I'm, I'm praying. I remember exactly where I was. I remember where, what church I was at. I remember where I was sitting, uh, actually kneeling in that church. And I began to cry out, God, what do you have? And God said, when I'm ready to tell you, I'll tell you. Why? Because he knew that I couldn't handle the big picture. I needed a bite at a time. So I'm going to share with you a bite today. Now, granted, it's a big bite. It's kind of like an elephant bite. But it's a good bite. And I'm going to challenge you. Just open your heart and say, God, what does this look like? You see, 21 and 22, they were incredible years. God was doing incredible things. In fact, in that time, we've seen many of you step up, perhaps for the very first time. Many of you, you stepped into a serve team for the very first time in 21 or even into this year or maybe even this week. You've stepped into a serve team. You begin to serve and be a part of what God is doing. Some of you have gone through grow track for the very first time trying to discover what God has for your life. And others of you in the room and those of you watching online, even those in Warrensburg, Many of you have begun to give financially for the first time. Why? Because you see that God is doing incredible things through this body of believers, and you want to be a part of leaving a godly legacy. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you today, listen carefully, to be all in. Be all in in a God-sized dream. I'm going to be honest, sometimes a God-sized dream is scary, right? Do you agree with that or disagree with that? See, sometimes in my life, maybe it's just me, a God-sized dream is sometimes a little bit scary because it's so much bigger than I can possibly wrap myself around, But you see, we have to dream the God-sized dream in order to reach the God-sized dream and make it become reality. If we never dream the dream, we will never approach the dream, we'll never grab a hold of the dream, it will never become a reality in our lives. And I believe that God has called Encounter Church to bigger things than we've ever been a part of before. But it's going to take every single One of us. Look at your neighbor today. Those of you watching online, those of you in Warrensburg, look at your neighbors right now and say, are you all in? That's a question that we've got to ask ourselves. You see, our 2023 goal is, in fact, a God-sized dream. It's a dream that's larger than any dream than we've ever dreamed before. Let me share with you where we're headed as a church Our 2023 dream begins with this. We desire, we believe God is calling us to launch Chi Alpha Campus Ministry on the UCM campus in Warrensburg. And right now, if you listen carefully, you can hear people in Warrensburg cheering and applauding and excited. And by the way, those of you in Warrensburg, if you're not cheering and applauding and excited right now, please do so. 
We are working diligently. In fact, one of the very first phone calls I made when I felt that God was leading us to Warrensburg, I began communication with Chi Alpha. What is Chi Alpha? Chi Alpha is a campus ministry based out of the Assemblies of God that goes onto our college campuses that shares the message of Jesus Christ. They hold regular services right on the college campuses. They share the good news of who Jesus Christ is with this group of individuals that are coming in, trying to figure out who God is without the influence of mom and dad. They've got all sorts of other impacts coming in, but we have the opportunity to share the hope to love, reach, and empower for the cause of Christ. So we're working diligently. Our desire, our goal, is to have a Chi Alpha ministry at UCM in Warrensburg starting very soon. We're talking with a young couple right now. We're believing that God is going to make a way on that. Secondly, I believe that God's calling us to have our own men's conference. The goal right now, and this is way out of the box here, the goal is early 2023, we're going to host a men's conference right here at Encounter Church. We want to invest in the men. Why? Because the rest of the world is destroying men. Come on. Every TV show you watch, the dad is the buffoon, right? I'm sorry, you guys don't watch TV. I forgot. But society has made the husband, the dad, the man a buffoon. But I believe that God wants the men to be the godly leaders in the household. I believe that God wants men to step up and we're gonna do everything we can to help make that impact. We've started or are in the midst of starting our men's ministry. We got our meet and greet coming up and guys, be a part of that. Stop making excuses. Be, uh, wives, look at your husbands right now and say, would you be a man? <laughs> Some of you are scared to say that right now. Come on, come on. We're saying it with a smile. Guys, I encourage you, step up. We're going to host a conference in 2023. Uh, we got to build relationships with Whiteman Air Force Base. We've already begun that process. We had our first ever uh, worship night. We partnered with another church in town, as well as the chaplains at Whiteman Air Force Base. And we had a, a worship night just a couple of months ago. What a cool time that was. We're going to continue to do that. We're going to establish community outreach programs here in Sedalia, but also in Warrensburg as well. We're going to impact our community. We're going to try to get more involved. We want to be the recognizable face in our community. Because we want to be popular? No. Because we want to have an opportunity to share the good news of Jesus. See, if they know about us, then maybe they'll trust us a little more. And if they trust us a little more, then maybe they'll let us have a conversation. And if we're allowed to have a conversation, maybe we can tell them what Jesus has done in our lives. And if we tell them what Jesus has done in our lives, perhaps, just maybe perhaps, they'll give their lives to Christ. And God will radically change their life. We can leave a legacy that far surpasses what we can do by ourselves. Come on. Come on. We're going to begin building plans for our Sedalia campus. Anybody notice the lobby gets a little chaotic at times? Worship center at times gets a little crazy. We're going to begin talking to an architect of what that looks like as we build on and go out that direction with the new worship center, and enlarging the lobby, a bigger nursery. We had 12 babies in nursery last 14 babies in nursery last Sunday morning in one service. 
Talk about multiplication. Come on, there it is. There it is. Man, we're gonna, so we're going to begin to look and see what that looks like. Uh, we need to hire additional support staff, office staff here at the Sedalia location as well as we continue to grow. The workload is becoming overwhelming for our office staff, and we need, we need some more people in there. Uh, HVAC system. We've got to redo our HVAC system. I've been talking to an HVAC company, and, and they're sharing with me that, man, age of our HVAC systems, we're just on the verge here. So 23, we're going to be evaluating that and seeing what that looks like. And we're going to launch our third location in 2023. Come on. That's awesome. Man, by the way, we've already got number four, number five, and perhaps number six already in the brain works. But number three, we're going to launch next year. I told you before where it was headed, but that may be some adjustment in that. God's kind of opening up some other doors, opportunities in front of us. Why do we do that? Because just in Pettis County, 17,000 people have confessed, have stated, I have no relationship with Jesus Christ whatsoever. In Johnson County, where our Warrensburg campus is, 32,000 people claim no affiliation with Jesus. In other words, if they were to die right now, they would split the gates of hell wide open. In Benton County, 10,400 people admit no connection with Jesus Christ, no relationship with Jesus. In Saline County, also 10,400 people claim no connection with Jesus Christ. That's why we're launching campuses. That's why we're going to continue to start more encounter churches all around the region over the next several years. We're going to have them popping up in all these little communities. So we've got to find a building. We've got to remodel a building. We've got to buy all the equipment. We've got to hire a campus pastor, and that's going to take each of us being a part of leaving a legacy. We're going to continue to increase and support our missionaries. We're going to start missions trips around the world once again. Before COVID hit, we were doing every other year an international trip, and that kind of got laid out there a little bit because of COVID. We're going to start that again in 2023. We're going to begin missions trips and impacting the world. We're going to increase our Convoy of Hope impact. I told you a moment ago that anywhere from 15 to 17 communities per trip, we're going to increase that number to 20 to 25, and that may mean that we've got to get a second truck. So rather than 30 to 35 pallets, we'll have 60 to 70 pallets to distribute. That's incredible. That's incredible. Guys, that's multiplication. Guys, that's impact. There are so many other things that I don't have time to list that we are going to continue to pursue. But this 2023 vision is not a vision that is obtained on our own. It's a God-sized vision. The question is, what is your legacy involvement look like? Now, let me be completely transparent with you. I begin to crunch the numbers on this vision. And literally, this is a $1 million dream. That's huge. One million dollar dream. But let me pull this together a little bit. Our annual income, I'm being very open and transparent with you. Our annual income in 2021 was $675,000. For 22, we're on target for 720000 This God-sized dream is one million dollars. It's going to take every one of us being a part and listening to God and following what he has. Here's my question. 
What legacy are you going to leave in this God-sized dream? What legacy are you going to leave in this God-sized dream? For the next few moments, I want to talk to you about levels of giving. And I'm going to kind of ram through this pretty quickly. Five levels of giving. Maybe, maybe you can relate to one of them today. But why are we doing this? Because you've got to identify where you are before you can figure out where you're going. Right? The Bible says in Malachi chapter 3, bring all the tithe into the storehouse so there'll be enough food for my temple. But the trap we fall into is we think that the tithe, this 10% literally is what a tithe means, we feel like this is the landing point. If I just get there, then I'm done. I don't need to worry about anything. But Jesus clearly tells us that we are to position ourselves to be a part of something greater than ourselves. In fact, in chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians, he says this, Remember this, a farmer who plants only few seed will get a small crop, but the crop, or the, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much you will give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need, then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Again, chapter 8. Paul challenged the church in Corinth to excel in the gracious act of giving. He said, don't be excited or passionate in word alone, but show it through your act of giving. Then in chapter 9, he said, God loves a cheerful giver. And the result, God shows up. How many of you would agree when we step out in faith, when we're obedient to the things of God, God is faithful to show up every single time. I want to share with you five levels of a giver. Number one is the potential giver. This is the person, you've got an income, you've got some funds coming in, but you've never given to the church, you've never dropped a dollar in, a five in, a 20 in, nothing like that. You're simply a potential giver. This year, I want to challenge you to step up in your faith. Just begin to do something. Well, pastor, don't I have to to tithe? Don't I have to give 10%? Well, that's what we want to try to get as a starting point. But man, God just wants your heart. It's not, I don't believe that God is sitting in heaven going, well, I'll tell you right now, Johnny over here, he he makes X amount of dollars and he didn't give 10%. Let's put a little red flag by his name. I don't think that's how God, how God works. But he's looking for our hearts. What are we doing to leave a legacy? What are we doing to give beyond ourselves? Proverbs chapter 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Just simply trust in the Lord. As I was pre- preparing for this message, I ran across an article In crosswalk.com, and I'm not endorsing the website, I don't know anything else about it, but I found these two paragraphs that really spoke to my heart. The person on there wrote this, I'm convinced that our financial stability depends on, I'm convinced that our financial stability depends on how much we trust God rather than on how much we make. 
It's really not about the money, how hard you work, or how wisely you've invested. Our financial situation is almost always about trust. I used to get a little delusioned during my college years thinking, if God, my father, owns a cattle on a thousand hills, and that's taken from the book of Psalm, chapter 50, verse 10, why is it that I can't even afford a hamburger? Maybe you've been there. I remember college years, ramen noodle, come on, 14 cents a box, a container. Goes on to say, I've learned since then that it isn't about whether God has the money and can help us. It's about what he wants to do in and through us as we rely on him for what we need. This whole idea is for us to step up and partner with God to leave that legacy that's greater than self. It's not about the money. It's all about the hearts. So that brings us to our second level. This is the emerging Giver. This is the person that periodically drops a five in the offering or maybe a 10 or on a big day a $20 bill into the offering. And, and you're asking yourselves, what do I do with my stuff? Have you ever asked that question? What do I do with my stuff? There's no amount of consistency. You understand the idea of giving to God. You know that he's been good to you. But this is where you find yourself just periodically tossing something in. Well, Matthew chapter 6 says this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And the word heart here literally means the center or the seat of our spiritual life. So maybe this is where you are. Maybe you're an emerging giver. I'm going to challenge you this year. Move to level three. Level three is the consistent giver. This is the person that gives regularly. It may only be 3%, 2%, 5% of your income, but it's consistent. You've told yourself, well, whether I'm at church or not, whether I, I'm here in person or I'm, I'm just watching a lot, whatever, I'm going to be up front. I'm going to plan my giving back to God. I'm going to be consistent with this. So now you've asked yourself this question, what do I do with God's stuff? Because you understand that God owns it all and you're just the manager of it. You know that he's been good to you. He's been faithful. God has shown up in your situation. You're, you're consistent with your giving. The fourth level is the tithe giver. Again, in Malachi, it says, bring the, all the tithe into the storehouse. That's the general fund of the, of the church. Into the storehouse so there'll be enough food for my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it. Try me. Put me to the test. God says, test me in this. Watch. I'm going to show up. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to meet your need. He said, I just want you to begin to give the tithe, literally 10%. This is before you pay your bills. This is before, you, before taxes are taken out. This is before Ozark coffee, before any of that. It's saying, Lord, I'm going to trust you, God. I, I'm putting you to the test here. I believe that you're going to be Jehovah Jireh. You're going to be my provider. It's giving God that 10% and trusting that he's going to take the remaining 90% and do so much more than you could ever do by yourself. But listen carefully. I believe 
according to the Bible, that the tithe is the floor of what God desires. He wants to give, wants us to give out of a place of generosity. So the question we've got to ask ourselves is, what does God want me to give from what he's given me? What does God want me to give? If that's where you are, you've been faithful in your tithe, I'm going to challenge you. Would you go to the next level? Would you say, God, what would you have me to do? See, the tithe just goes to the general fund, but beyond that, we have all sort of, we have opportunities to support our missionaries. That's above and above, beyond the tithe. We have the opportunity to send students to camp. We have the opportunity to launch campuses around the region. All these different things, those are all offering. Those are above and beyond. I want to challenge you. Say, God, what does that look like in my life? And that brings us to our fifth level, the legacy giver. It's moving from 2% to 5% or 5 to 10 or 12 or 15. The list goes on and on. Where do you fall on the level of giving back to God? Now, I don't want you to get overwhelmed with this dream. One million dollar dream, that's huge. But I don't think God's asking any one of us to do that by ourselves. He's asking us as a body to join together. What does God want me to keep from what he's given me? How can I support something greater than myself? How can I invest in missions? How can I invest in future campuses? How can I invest in building programs? How can I invest in the camp fund? The list goes on and on. In Proverbs, it says this, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. Church, that's legacy. That's the heart of God. For God so loved the world that he gave. It's excelling in this generous act of giving. But again, I never want you to give out of pressure. I want you to pray. I want you to ask God, God, what does this look like? And I mean earnestly pray. Husband and wife pray. Individuals pray. Young adults pray. Grandma, grandpa pray. What does this look like in my life? It's kind of like the farmer gets out and he's working that ground. He's plowing that ground. He's pulling the weeds. He's digging up the soil, really trying to grab a hold of something to make an investment in. Church, that's what we're to do. We're to plow our hearts. The P, it stands for pray. It's time for us to ask God, God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you have in store? God, what's this look like in my life? God, what's the next level giving look like? God, what does this gracious act of giving look like in my life? Lord, I don't understand how it's going to work. God, it doesn't make any sense in my mind. But Lord, what can I do to make an impact? You pray. L is listen. Because if we're guilty of doing all the talking and we don't listen, we're having a one-sided conversation right? And prayer is a two-sided conversation. It's you and God having communion together. So don't be guilty of doing all the talking. Begin to listen to God. You pray and you listen. And number three, oh, obey. You put action steps. You obey his call. You begin to give. You move to consistency, stepping into a consistent tithe. You move from there into, beyond that, into um, your legacy fund, including your tithe, your departments, your camp, and on your offering envelopes. Now we've tried to simplify that for you. I had a young adult ask me the other day, 
how do I know where to give? I said, we've made it easy. Got a legacy fund. That's going to cover your tithe. That's going to cover your missions. That's going to cover your camp. That's going to cover future campuses. That's going to cover, you name it, legacy fund. Nice and easy. I'm going to challenge you. Begin to obey. Begin to listen to God. God, what do you have? And Lord, how can I leave a legacy greater than self? You pray, you listen, you obey, and now you're wondering, what's the W? The W is wow. Wow. That's, that's sitting back going, man, God, I can't believe that you did that. God, I am amazed by how you stepped in. God, I am amazed how you were able to do with what I gave to you. Lord, I pray that you'll continue to do more. When we collectively plow our hearts and give it to God, we've got to sit back and begin to watch what he does. As hearts are transformed, as communities are reached, as buildings are planned, as churches are planted, our missionaries are equipped, as kids are sent to camp. That's the wow put into motion. I'm going to challenge you today, as Paul challenged the church in Corinth, begin to excel in the gracious act of giving. So here's our final question. What part does God want you to play in his vision for 2023? I'm not asking you to give an answer today. I'm asking you to pray. Just pray. That's all it is. And when you pray, begin to listen. Begin to obey. And sit back and watch the wow. God will meet you every single time. Would you bow your heads? Would you pray with me today? Thank you again for listening to the Encounter Church podcast. We pray that this message was a blessing and an encouragement to your life.